This episode of the Europuck podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event, and every punch, kick, or knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup. The official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes for this weekend's fight. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is really easy to play, folks. Just pick six different fighters, stay under the salary cap, and watch as your choices pile up points for advances, takedowns, and so much more. There's no better way to put your UFC knowledge to the test, and you could take home your share of millions of dollars in total prizes. So it really is a win-win, guys. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to be in with a chance to win millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. A big thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, hey, and previet hockey fans. Welcome back to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings. My name is Hayden, or Oddman Rush, as you can see on the video version there, and joining me once again is Chris Gadsby. Hello, Chris. How are you today? Yes, not too bad, not too bad. The... Uh garden excavation shall we say is almost finished good uh there's like a tiny amount left but i've basically filled the second skip as well wow okay um but by the time we record next week it will be finished because the skip goes on tuesday so it has to be done by them whether i like it or not fair enough so it sounds like you're really gutting it like completely it, there is a big difference. Wow. Yes, I could probably find a picture, but uh, yeah, there's. I've I've had to clear a lot of space. A lot of concrete has gone. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, significant changes, shall we say? Oh, good. I mean, you know, it's your house now. Do what you want with it. Absolutely. Mm. Um. So this is our second time trying to record this. Um, because we tried I to record if you were against... going to mention it Yeah, you know, I may as well. It's something for us to talk about, because you'll, you'll find out as we go through the episode, this one's going to be a bit of a shorter one compared to our most recent episodes, because, yeah, there's not really a huge amount to talk about, because as of this week, domestic hockey within Europe has completely finished. There's no more domestic competitions mm-hmm. taking place. Uh, we're going to talk you through the end of the Swedish League, the Finnish League, the, uh, the Finnish Liga, and the German League. And then that's it, because all of the countries are, of course, getting ready for the World Championships, which takes place in about 10 days' time, or it starts in about 10, 12 days' time, something like that. So Eight. eight is it eight days? Is it only eight days? A week tomorrow. Wow, week okay. Tomorrow, I, sure I, I, I could have sworn it started on the 22nd. Maybe that's just me. Um, but anyway, uh, regardless, so that's coming up very, very soon. And yeah, so all of the, all of the uh, European leagues wanted to make sure that they're domestic leagues were finished so their best players could go off to the world championships because unlike the nhl the stanley cup playoffs runs through the world championships and as pl- and uh, in a normal year obviously this year is a bit different but in a normal year most of the teams that get are either out of the playoffs to begin with they didn't clinch a berth or the first or second round of the playoffs teams that start to get eliminated from that players from those teams often go and play in the world championships um whereas 
the uh, kind of the European schedule, they stop before the World Championships begin so then they can send all their best players over because obviously the NHL has a lot of Americans and Canadians and is there's obviously the argument, oh, it's not the best rosters out there because the loads of them are still playing in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, it's still a great tournament. Um, so yeah, this... It's, it's almost like a leveller though, isn't it? Because if yeah. you had like the best Canadian players and the best American players all the time. They'd wipe the floor with every, I mean, they wipe the floor with like Germany and Latvia and us anyway. But yeah. It's almost a bit, a bit of a leveler when you've got the countries that have got the best players to choose from, but they can't choose the best, best players because they're still in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it gives, it gives everyone else in Europe a chance. And to be fair, like there's some great players in Europe as we've highlighted throughout this entire season. Yeah. But, um, and I think like as it. well, like, because, the World Championships come every year. Mm. So if you are a, let's say, for example, uh, a Conor McDavid, mm-hmm. the chance for you to go deep into the playoffs and win the Stanley Cup is much less often than to go to the World Championships, which are every single year. Yeah. So you're always, even as a player, you're always going to preference your team over the country, I think, in that respect. Absolutely. Especially if they're a star player, it's like, oh, our team didn't make the playoffs. I'm going to get an invite to the World Championships. Or if Conor McDavid was like, I want to go play for Team Canada, considering he scored over 100 points this season, they'd be like, yeah, you're the first line player. You're the captain of the team. Like, welcome aboard, you know? So it's kind of, yeah, the, the chance to win the Stanley Cup may come once in a lifetime. But for a lot of these star players in the NHL, the chance to represent their country at the World Championships or even the Olympics might come more frequently than yeah. I mean, some of these players never make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Some of these players never win the cup. So, you know, like winning world championship gold is kind of the next best thing or one of the next best things. But long story short, this is our second time trying to record this. It's Thursday, <laughs> the 13th of May. Um, so we're very close to when this actually goes out. So that's good. Uh, we've got all the uh, relevant information. We pushed it back to yesterday, which was Wednesday, the 12th. Um, and we found out that a load of breaking news had taken place. So we were really happy because we're like, okay, right, we've got some stuff to talk about this week. Um, but then my computer crashed, decide, uh, decided to crash halfway through um, our recording yesterday. So we're going to try and give it another go. Hopefully it holds up. But like we said, it's probably going to be a shorter episode this week because we've only got four leagues to talk about and only a couple of games in those leagues. Then we'll talk you through the Champions Hockey League because all of the teams have been decided. Chris has been doing a little bit of research into the draw that's taking place next week, which we are doing a live stream for, aren't we, Chris? You are, that's the plan. Yeah, that's anyway. the plan. Yeah, we're going to try and do us... Uh, basically, next week's episode, we're going to try and do uh, the Champions Hockey League draw, which, you know, Chris and I are really looking forward to. We missed it this last year, so it'll be nice to have that you back did. and on our screens for next season. And, yeah, I feel like that's all we've got really to talk about this week, so we may as well just jump into it. So uh, let's go and check out the Swedish Hockey League first. So there's not really any particular order in terms of how far through the playoffs any of these leagues are, because... All four of them are done at this point, so we're just going to take you through them in kind of their ranking in the European hockey ladder. So the Swedish Hockey League is often considered one of, if not the best European league, except the KHL maybe, but even some of their teams aren't in Europe. So uh, so the Swedish Hockey League, let's talk about them. So uh, where we left off last week, uh, the Växjö Lakers, the first seed in the regular season, were playing against Rögle, who were the second seed, in the Swedish mm-hmm. Hockey League finals. Now... That was wrapped up quite quickly after we finished our, uh, or after we finished recording and after the last week finished, because though both of the teams had pretty identical runs in the postseason up until this point, both of them swept their first opponent in the quarterfinal round. Both of them went to five games in the semi-final round. Once they made it to the finals, the Vexer Lakers 
They just took their game to a completely different level. Didn't matter that they were playing the second highest ranked team in the entire league this year. The Vexjö Lakers, they managed to win the Swedish Hockey League Championship, playoff championship, I should add, as well as the uh, regular season championship, thanks to a five-game series, four games to one against Rögle BK. So, Chris, do you want to just update us on air the games that took place between last episode and this episode and any notable things we should keep an eye on? Yeah, so when we recorded last week, it was uh, 2-0 to Vaccio in, in the best of seven series. Uh, Rögle then pulled one back and they won by five goals to one in game three. Quite a significant victory for them to make it 2-1. Uh, but then Vaccio were just able to kind of turn the tables. They uh, won, I believe it was in overtime. Yes, in overtime uh, to go 3-1 up in the series. And then the final game was 6-2, which feels like a bit of a whitewash. But mm. what you've got to remember is that Rögle, with nothing to lose, when they were, what, 3-1 down, pulled their netminder with a little under six minutes to go. Um, and then Vacho got an empty net goal. They pulled the netminder again, being three goals down. They got another empty net goal at 15-12. So yeah, empty net with six minutes to go. Uh, that kind of put the nail in the coffin there at 5-1. Uh, then just a minute and a half later, in case the uh, the coffin wasn't nailed shut enough already, they became 6-1 uh, with yet another goal. They scored four goals in four and a half minutes wow. um, in the <laughs> final period to, to really just you know, hammer home the uh, the Swedish title. Yes, Rögler got one back towards the end, but to be honest, it was those four and a half minutes that just completely killed the game off for Rögler and Vaxjö win the series 4-1. Absolutely, and it just goes to show you why the Vaxjö Lakers were the first-seeded team going into the playoffs in the first place. Like I said, doesn't matter if they're playing the second-seeded team or the sixth-seeded Orbro, who did give them a pretty good run for their money in the semi-final round. But the Vexa Lakers, they they could turn it on a dime and get the job done, which is what you want from a championship-winning team, that it doesn't matter which opponent they're playing against, they know how to to kind of put on the pressure and get the victory. So congratulations to the mm -hmm. Vexa Lakers for winning both the playoff and the regular season championships. Obviously, Rögle BK, it sucks for them. They came, they were the, basically the bridesmaid in the regular season and the playoffs. Couldn't quite get it done, but they will be getting a place in the Champions Hockey League next year, which, you know, is a, is a pretty decent consolation prize. I'm sure many other teams around Europe would like to have that consolation prize as well. And obviously, we're going to take you through the Champions Hockey League in more detail after we've looked at the four leagues, but just highlighting, you know, some of the teams that are making it in there before we take a look at the whole list. So let's move on to the Finnish Liga now. Only a couple of leagues left to go. And where we left the Finnish Liga off was once again in the playoff finals, where the first seed Luko was taking on the third seed TPS Turku. We'd recently, I think just, was it just before we recorded last week, Chris, the third place game had been played or it was in the midst the, of the being third, played? The, the third place game was being played as we recorded. Right. Um, and if you remember, we we I called it with a period to go because yeah. Helsinki was 7-0 up. Yes, I remember, um, I remember. It finished 7-1. Uh, Tapra did get one goal back uh, in the third period. Well, that's but nice. yeah, it was <laughs> it was 7-0 to Helsinki after two periods. So we kind of called that one. Um, and then the the final between Luko and TPS Turku just it started after we recorded last week, all run and done in a week. Um, best of five series. And although Turku took the first game by four goals to one. Uh, after that, Luka just completely you know, flipped a switch and were just dominant from then on. They held Turku to three goals in three games, wow. averaging a goal a game. You're not going to win many goal games doing no. that. Uh, they, the aggregate in, the, in that kind of what I'll call three-game mini-series was 13-3 in favour oh, of Luka. Wow. So they really just, yeah, they really just turned it up. 
Um, and uh, you know, there's not really much more you can, more you can say. Luca, they uh, again they won the regular season. Came up, coming up against the third seed after Turku did well to get past Helsinki in four games. Um, but Turku just didn't have enough left in the tank, really. Absolutely. And so the final kind of standings for the playoffs or the final uh, standings in the Finnish Liga, well, the first seed finished first with the regular season and playoff championship. So congratulations to Luko, similar to the Vexha Lakers. The second seeded IFK Helsinki actually finished third place in the playoffs and finished the, the season third place thanks to them winning the third place game. TPS Turku, the third seed, took second and then Tapera Tampera took the fourth seed. So Luko in first, Turku in second as the third seed, Helsinki in third as the second seed, and then Tapra Tampra as the fourth seed in fourth. So that's the way the Finnish Liga ended. Obviously, once again, similar to the Vexha Lakers, Luko just managed to turn it up when they really needed to the most. And once again, that's what a championship winning team does. So um, congratulations to them. And I believe Turku is going to the Champions Hockey League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So once again, yep. pretty decent com- consolation prize for the uh, for the team that loses in the final. And yeah, that's the Finnish Liga done. So as you can see, guys, we're really blitzing through these leagues now. We've only got two more to talk about before we talk about the Champions Hockey League. So let's just move on to the next one. And that is the Swiss National League. Now, this one is was one of the more interesting ones up until about the semi-final round, I think we would make the argument. Because Evi Zug, the first seed, was absolutely dominant in the regular season. The, yeah. <laughs> the National League obviously switched to their points per games played because obviously they had a lot of is- issues with the pandemic and teams having to postpone games. They decided, right, let's let's do it by points per games played so that if there's any discrepancies in the number of games that are played um, per team, that we still have a fair form of competition in order to decide the final rankings in the regular season. EV Zug, whether it would have been the normal structure, which is based on points, obviously, in, in the standings, all this new points per game, they absolutely dominated their competition. They were they, the hands-down yeah, winners. Was so, yeah, they were so far ahead. I mean, they played all 52. I mean, to be honest, most of the teams played, played yeah. the 52. Um, Zug, just for reference, finished with a record of 46 and 6 oh, from their wow. 52 games. Um, 119 points. The second place, Lugano, also played all 52 of theirs. And they finished on 92. So Zug finished 27 points clear of, of anybody second else. Place. In the it's not as if they're like, second yeah, place. It's just like they're not even finished that, like to secure themselves a berth in the playoffs. That's literally between yeah. first and second place in the entire so league. In, in the nine. So they finished with nine games ahead oh, wow. of second place in a 52-game season. So almost 20% ahead of anybody else. So it's, it's no surprise, really, that they you know, they blitzed their way. Well, they got the, the bye. Burn gave them a bit of a challenge. Mm. And they needed six games to get past uh, Burn, the ninth seed. Of course, you can never kind of really count burn out no. um although you know it was kind of it was 2-2 and then again Zug just just turned the switch really uh and then coming up against the uh, the 10th seed rappers of Yelona Lakers uh again rappers will they uh they got it well well they won game three by two go two goals to one but they kind of never really stood a chance against Zug Zug for reference doubled more than doubled the points that rappers will got in mm. the in the regular season um, the other side of the bracket was more kind of the mid-table, and it was yeah. uh, Genevieve Savet, the sixth seed, who managed to uh, sweep Zurich by three games to nothing in the other semi-final to get into that final against Zug. But again, when you've got first seed versus sixth seed, and especially when Zug was so dominant, it's it's not really surprising. Although Savet did give them a run for their money. The first game was only 1-0, and the second game was 2-1. 
Wow. Um, okay. So, you know, it was it was close. It was only the third game that was 5-1 that you thought maybe potentially that was a bit closer to, to what you'd expect, although there were two power play goals and an empty net goal in the final period there. So, you know, credit to Savet, but, uh, you know, they were on for a chance of either, well, winning, winning the final and getting into the Champions Hockey League, but Zurich, who, you know, were swept by Savet in, in the semi-final, ended up getting that spot. Absolutely. And I think we could make the argument that Chris and I were really enjoying the Swiss National League playoffs yeah. because obviously the ninth seed makes it through to the quarterfinal round. Rappersville makes it all the way to the semifinals as the 10th seed. The uh, other semifinal bracket was the fifth and sixth seed in the playoffs. So obviously there was a lot of opportunities for an underdog to come and steal the title from you could make the argument a more deserving team. And um, I think we could, the argument could be made that Zug had one of the easier run-ins to the, the championship compared to some of these other um, teams, uh, compared to, say, the KHL, the SHL, the Finnish Liga, um, even the Czech Extra Liga, for example. Like They had a much easier run-in because there was no point at the playoffs where they played a team above the sixth seed in the playoffs. So that, you, you could there, make there that argument. That. Yeah, go for it. I mean, you could, but then, like, you've got to remember that, you know, a team like Rappersville, who beat the second seed Lugano 4-1 yeah. in the quarterfinals, are fully there on merit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they, won, yeah, yeah. they won four straight games against Lugano because Lugano took the first game. They won yeah. four straight games, you know, so it's not as though, you know, yes, it's an easier route, but at the same time, you know, the 10th seed are, are completely there on merit and they've knocked out the second seed to get there so they're going to be full of confidence and, and really going for it and you know none of those games I don't think any of the players at Zug would ever say those games were easy no of course um, not but no. I, I know what you mean it was potentially easier than yes. um, you know coming up first seed against second seed Absolutely, that's and that was what I was going to lead on to. Whilst the argument could be made that based on the playoff seedings that they faced, the fact that they didn't play a team that finished higher than sixth place in the regular season standings, you could make the argument that they had an easier run or they or they played somewhat weaker teams. But then again, you can also make the argument that the playoffs is, is a completely different beast. It's a completely different season. And once you make it to the playoffs, anything can happen at that point. So um Yeah, and I think the interesting thing with the with Swiss playoffs as well, it's not I've literally only just picked this up looking at the at the flash scores bracket, is that because you're given the earlier um the thing to it so that you end up with so you know how like Zoo the it was set up so that Zug would get the easiest route through. So yeah. in that first round between Davos and Bern, it was expected that the eighth seed goes through. And in the BL Rappersville, it was expected that the seventh seed goes yeah. through. Because the seventh seed would, or in this case, the tenth seed, but the seventh seed would play the second seed and the first seed would play the eighth seed, because they're in the same half of the bracket, you would get in the other half of the bracket, it was guaranteed that third seed or down got to the final. You couldn't have third yeah. seed versus second seed because that's Zoom true. would have played yeah. Lugano in the semi-finals. That's really interesting. I wonder why they've done it like that specifically then. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, Chris. I never really realised that, that you could never have... I don't know have... if that's always the case or not. No, but... absolutely. I mean, that obviously we're not the most expert on the history of the Swiss National League or anything like that. But yeah, like you mentioned, the fact that We've seen so many other leagues have a one and two, like the Swedish Hockey League just had a one and two matchup. We saw the Czech Extra League have a one and two matchup in the finals. So many other leagues in Europe ha have finished off this season, whether that be due to the 
uh, strange circumstances or whether that be due to, you know, just the hierarchy of the leagues, one and two making it to the finals and typically the first seed wins. So yeah, the fact that the first and second seed would have had to have met in the semi-finals and they would obviously have to have played a team that was at least third. That's really interesting. I never, I never quite realised that. But speaking no, of... No, I mean, in, oh, no, the, in the 18-19 season, it was one versus two, according to elite okay. prospects. So I, I don't know if it was just a this series thing, but then in, in the 17-18 season, which I absolutely love, the Zurich Lions were the champions, mm-hmm. uh, but they finished seventh in the regular season. Oh, wow. And Lugano, who they faced in the final, finished fourth. Oh, wow. The fourth versus seventh seed. That's what we wanted this year. Yeah. <laughs> we wanted the tenth seed versus the fifth seed or the sixth seed. That would have been yeah. great. Um, but uh, so I, I saw a tweet, I think, from the Swiss League or from one of the teams of the Swiss League or the Swiss League had retweeted something basically saying how this championship was somewhat of a long time coming for EV Zug. Now, um, I, I remember us discussing it yesterday, Chris, but I can't quite remember the stats surrounding it because I was... It was Zug. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, so this was Zook's second um, title. The okay. last one was in 1998. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So it has been um, quite a while. Got to the, yeah, but they got to the final in 2017 and 2019. So oh. they've been to the final three times in the last five years, but this was their first championship in that time um, and their first for, what, 23 years? Yeah, so I, yeah, absolutely. That really was a long time coming and obviously facing all of those defeats in the final round, kind of being the good and good enough to get there, but not good enough to clinch the trophy. That's got to be quite disheartening, but the fact that the team, you know, bounced mm. back and that's what makes great championship teams. They have to go through that sacrifice first like talk about any sports team and you know the big dynasties that you see within sports obviously whether zoo becomes a dynasty or not it remains to be seen but those those big dynasties that win back-to-back championships like four championships in five years you always find that they lose out really close to the the final just before they go on their incredible run and it Mm. teaches them this is what we need to do like we face that heartbreak and we need to We'll do everything in our power to make sure we never feel that again. We know what it takes to get to this level. Now we just need to give it even more. So congratulations to Zug. Obviously another a playoff champion crowned. I mean, I, I don't think anybody would have been surprised to see them win the playoffs in the National League, given how dominant they were in the regular season. And yeah, another champion has been crowned for this season. So let's move on to, last but by no means least, the German DEL, who have also finished their uh, their playoffs. And they become the last league for us to look at that have finished their playoffs. So once this one's done, ladies and gents, the domestic season for the 2020-21 season is all wrapped up. So uh, we've obviously talked about the quarterfinals and the semifinal round. Where did we leave the final round off last week, Chris? So the final round last week, uh, we left it at 1-0 to Wolfsburg, um, who were, yeah, <laughs> one game away from winning the winning the DEL title. Mm. Um, so then there was a game when we recorded last week, but it started at half past six just after we'd finished. And Ice Baron Berlin uh, won that one by four goals to one to tie it up, sent it to a deciding game, uh, which was on the 7th. It was last Friday. Um, and it was a really close game, uh, and Berlin won it by two goals to one in order to uh, take the the title. They were the first seeds, uh, and they took the title. They scored less than two minutes in uh, at one forty nine, but that lead lasted only twenty five seconds before Wolfsburg tied it up, and they went in at the end of twenty minutes, uh, tied at a goal each. Then in the second period. Berlin took the lead at three minutes and 19 into the second period. And that was the final goal 
of the game. Uh, it was really quite, you kind of surprised what we've seen in these kind of deciding games is, see, it gets quite physical. The body's thrown quite a bit. There's quite a few penalties. In the third period, when Wolfsburg still only down by the one goal, there was only one penalty in the final period and it actually went to Berlin and it went to Zach Boychuk. Oh. who a lot of people will know. Yes. Um, Zach Boychuk with 34 points in 34 games for Berlin this season. Uh, yeah, got the only penalty of that uh, that final period. Wow, he had a really good playoffs then. But I, I think, Chris, the most important thing that people need to know when it comes to Zach Boychuk is how many Twitter <laughs> followers did he gain during the, the DL playoffs, Chris? <laughs> so for those of you who don't know and, and aren't aware of the whole situation, Zach Boychuk, his Twitter account um, has been very prolific amongst hockey fans for essentially mass following a bunch of hockey fans, then tweeting out uh, a bunch of links and kind of affiliation links and ads and sponsorships and stuff that he has associated with him in the hopes that, you know, he uses it as essentially an advertising platform, which, you know, fair play to him. He's not playing in the NHL anymore. He's not making the most money that a hockey player could. So, you know, earn that money wherever you want. And um, yeah, so uh, he followed me ages ago, I remember. Did he follow you, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, he I followed you. I think he did, you. just for reference, right? You know how, like, I mean, I, I'm not entirely, you're following 55 people. Yeah. Uh, I'm following, I think, a few more than that. I think I'm following around 100 people. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'm following 95 people. Right? Zach Boychuk is following 582,000 people. Yeah. So basically, I don't, I'm, I'm like, like I said, or, or like I said when we tried to record this yesterday, I don't think it's Zach Boychuk personally following all of these people. I think he's got a management team behind him who just sits on his Twitter and just mass follows as many people <laughs> as they can. And then after a certain while, because uh, after a certain while, I think you get um, you aren't allowed to unfollow a certain or like the, there's a certain like limit that you can have per day of the amount of accounts that you can follow or unfollow or something like that so maybe because he's verified it might be slightly different as well but i don't know um but yeah so he's he's been very prolific with following people he followed me like ages ago before i even realized like what his whole shtick was and i, I messaged him like <laughs> oh like thanks for the follows Alan, that's really cool but then afterwards i realized oh he does this to like literally everyone and then chris messaged me like Oh, it must have been like quite a notable time afterwards being like, oh, Zach Boychuk followed me. And I was just like, yeah, hey, it was yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's like, don't hold out much hope. He, he's just wanting to sell like DraftKings sponsorships to you, which is kind of ironic <laughs> given what we do on the podcast. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah. Now you mentioned, Chris, that there was something you wanted to tell me regarding a good friend of our show. Um, oh, yes. yes. Mr. Anthony Russell, who yes. I know listens uh, to this everywhere, yes, was slightly um, peeved and apparently dropped a spoon about you <laughs> calling Berlin the Ice Bears uh, last week. Okay. Uh, there's no such thing as an ice bear. It's a polar bear. Right. Um, and I, I, I watched his stream and was commenting on his uh, on his stream yesterday. And he says, and how, how difficult is it really to say Ice Baron? Or Ice Baron, or however, I, um, yeah, I've probably butchered that. So, so uh, Ice Baron, I've, Berlin. I've, I've got a response to that, Chris. Now, I yeah. can, I can obviously understand that, like Ice Baron, or however you pronounce it, we're not German. We're trying our best. Ice Baron, Berlin. Obviously, that I would imagine in German that might mean polar bear. But you know the D E L, right, Chris? You know what it stands for, right? Yeah. You, you know uh, what the DL Deutschland stand? ice hockey or Issa hockey Lego or something. Yeah, like it's around that. Isn't so, it? so the the like ice hockey or Issa hockey, however it's pronounced, it's spelt the exact same way as Ice Bar in Berlin. So that's so where is, I'm taking yeah. it from. And obviously, that means ice hockey. It doesn't mean polar hockey. 
So I've gone, <laughs> okay, so it means the ice bears, because that's where I've seen that being used before. I can see your logic to that. Yeah. Okay. I can o- see obviously, your, apparently he will... I'll go for it. I was going to say, apparently he will fight you in any car park about it. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, obviously he, so. obviously he speaks German, so he's going to win. Like, he's yeah, right. Exactly. No doubt yeah. he's right. But just to be stubborn, <laughs> I'm going to keep calling it the Berlin Ice Bears. You know what? Now that he's brought me up on it, I'm just going to want to say it even more. So, Anthony, I'm going to call it the, the Berlin Ice Bears for the rest of this podcast's existence, and it's all your fault. <laughs> Fortunately, we now have a few months where you don't need to mention them. No, I'll just sit there on my uh, Eastside Hockey Manager streams going, oh, hi, Anthony, Berlin Ice Bears, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, congratulations to the Berlin Ice Bears or Ice Bar in Berlin, the Berlin Polar Bears, whatever you want to call them. Congratulations to them. They have won the DL Championship. Unfortunately for Wolfsburg, that means they don't get a place in the Champions Hockey League, do they, Chris, as far as I'm aware? Um, Which is a bit of a shame for them, considering they came one win away from um you know winning the championship getting a place amongst uh europe's finest teams um because i believe it's uh isn't it ingolstadt oh no it's, it's bremerhaven and uh it's, it's yeah so there's there's four teams yeah. from the dl which of course i will uh well, I'll yeah go I've, I've, I've got the list um, coming up next so we can r- roll through i'm, I'm doing it off that. the logos i'm going to try and impress oh, myself by oh, doing off, okay. the, off all the logos so that is officially the final league to have rounded up in Europe as of this season. So, Chris, yep. we've made it through to the end of the 2020-21 Europe hockey season. I think we'll, we'll have a bit more of a discussion about it at the end of the episode because we've got a few more things to talk about, yeah. kind of wrap up the season, how it went and everything like that. But before we do that, the Champions Hockey League, we've alluded to it all season long. We've especially alluded to it these last few weeks and all of the um, uh, different teams that have qualified. So for those of you who are unaware, this is the list of qualified teams for the 2021-22 Champions Hockey League season. Now, they've done them in alphabetical order by country, which is really helpful. I'm very glad. And kind of it also explained the reasons <laughs> as to why they have qualified, which is great. So I'll, I'll read you through them and uh, uh, keep you guys updated. But for those of you who've forgotten or who aren't aware or haven't listened to one of the previous episodes where we've given a description of what the Champions Hockey League is, If you're a soccer fan, football fan, whatever you want to call it, it's essentially the Champions League. I mean, surprise, surprise, it's basically called the same thing. It is essentially that, yeah. Yeah, but um, for those of you who don't follow soccer or football, which I don't blame you, um, then the Champions Hockey League (laughs) is a inter-Europe competition. The only kind of big country in Europe that doesn't take part is Russia. They've got their own KHL and their own schedule, and they'd probably wipe the floor with this competition every single year. (laughs) So, So I'm not surprised. I'm quite glad that they don't in some ways. But uh, it's a inter-Europe competition. 32 teams from 13 different countries all take part in a kind of uh, round-robin group stage each. There's several, lots of different groups that take part. And then it eventually leads to the uh, the winners or the winners of the, the playoffs. It goes regular season round-robin stage to the playoffs. Playoffs are done. The winner gets the Champions Hockey League trophy and they're crowned the best team in Europe. So that, that's how it usually works. And uh, just for reference, every single time except once a team from Sweden has won it, and most times it's been a specific team, but we'll talk about them in a minute. Um, So this is the complete list. I will take you through them. So in Austria, the Ice Hockey League, one of these teams isn't actually Austrian, but they're part of this league, so it's fine. Uh, We have KAC Klagenfurt, the playoff champions, getting a spot. HC Bolzano, the Italian side, the regular season champions, so they get a spot as well. And then Red Bull Salzburg is the third and final team from Austria, as they are the higher-ranked semi-finalist. Then from Belarus, who are one of the uh, minor sort of challenge uh, leagues in the tournament. They have Unost Minsk turning up to the tournament. 
Um, the Czech Republic get three different teams this year. They have Osleri Trinec, who were the playoff champions, HC Sparta Prague, who were the regular season champions, and BK Mlada Boleslav, who were the third place team during the regular season. You'll notice with a lot of these leagues where there's three, four, even five teams taking part, the majority of the kind of third to fifth teams, they're usually teams that have played well during the regular season. It's more based on regular season performance as opposed to playoff performance. However, if a lower seeded team that wouldn't have made the Champions Hockey League during the regular season wins the, the playoffs, then they get the spot instead because, you know, they just won the championship and they're considered champions. It kind of makes sense, right? Uh, then in Denmark, you have Sondersjæk, who were the last Continental Cup winners. Uh, the Continental Cup is kind of like a much smaller version of the Champions Hockey League, I guess, where there's lots of diff several different teams around Europe that compete. It's kind of the next level down, and whoever wins the Continental Cup gets a place in the Champions Hockey League, regardless of where they're from. So, for example, uh, the Nottingham Panthers from England have won it before. Sondersjæk from Denmark are winning it this year. So, t leagues or countries that have a team or usually have one team that go, the Continental Cup gives them usually a second uh, team to go. So the uh, the Continental Cup didn't take place last year. So the last winners was Sonders Jike in 2019. So they get the place again this year. It's basically been pushed to this year. And my boys, the Rungsted Seer Capitals of the Danish Metal League and the regular season and playoff champions, they get the spot for Denmark. Then the Finnish Liga, we have Luko, who were the regular season and playoff champions. IFK Helsinki, who were the second place team in the regular season, as well as TPS Turku and Tapara, who were the third and fourth place team in the regular season. We've talked about that already earlier this episode. France, who have the Rouen Dragons. Obviously, their season was um, shortened due to their situation and the infrastructure of their league. Rouen, who finished the league as the top team in the uh, uh, the French uh, League Magnus. They go through to the Champions Hockey League. In Germany, you have four different teams. You have the Berlin Ice Bears. There you go, Anthony. You're welcome. Um, who are obviously the playoff and regular season champions. Um, Adler Mannheim were the best team in Group South. Remember, the DEL had the North Group, in including Berlin, and the South Group, including Adler Mannheim. Then Red Bull Munich and the Bremerhaven Penguins both get a spot in the uh, Champions Hockey League due to them being the higher and lower runner-up teams with the best points per games played. Norway, who had to cut their season short, had Frisk Aska, the regular season winners of their league, because obviously it was postponed. Poland had Jastrowby, who were the playoff champions. They were the second seed um, in the regular season, but because they only get one spot, they've gone via the playoff champions. And of course, they beat Krakow, the sixth seed, in the final, um, final playoff round. And wow, it feels like a long time since we talked about the Polish league, but there they are. Mm. Um, in Sweden, you have five different teams. You have Frölunda, who are the CHL champions, the reigning champions back from, uh, was it 2019 or 2020? It would have been 2019, right? Well, it would be 19 because they didn't yeah. do it last year. Exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, Sweden, uh, the, the Frölunda Indians, they've won it four out of six times re recently or whatever. So Frölunda, they're basically the team to beat. Chris and I often joke it's called the Frölunda Hockey League because, you know, they always win it. Uh, then, of course, you have the Vexha Lakers, the regular season and playoff champions. Then you have Rögler, Lexan, and Schleftia, who were the second, third, and fourth place teams in the regular season. We're almost there, guys. Switzerland, you have Evie Zug, the regular season and playoff champions for the National League. Then you have HC Lugano, Freeborg Gotteren, Lausanne, and Zurich as the second, third, fourth, and fifth place teams in the regular season. Ukraine, they're getting their first team in the Champions Hockey League. They're replacing Slovakia um, due to a wild card challenge.
challenger league situation there. There's been some rumors about what's been going on in Slovakia. We don't really know for sure what's going on there. But HC Donbass Donetsk was the uh, playoff champion in Ukraine. So the Ukrainian league make their first appearance at the Champions Hockey League. Good luck to them, I would say. And last, but by no means least, we have from the United Kingdom, the team that finished the previous proper elite ice hockey league season as the champions back in 2019, the Cardiff Devils, they finished first place in the uh, EIHL season during uh, 2018-19 or 20, yeah, something like that. And um, yeah, the Cardiff Devils get their spot again because they didn't get the chance to compete last year. And of course we have the Elite Series, but it wasn't considered a proper regular season because obviously two thirds of the teams didn't take part in the league. So after some long-winded explanations, those are the 32 teams taking part in the Champions Hockey League this season. Chris, is there anything you want to mention about these teams? Um, so the interesting thing, I mean, I also will go on to the to the drawing of the pots in a moment. Yes. Um, the the teams that have a lot of of sorry, the countries that have a lot of teams taking part. You're looking at. Sweden, Switzerland, Germany, Finland, Czech Republic, and ice and um, ice hockey league and Austria. Yep, those are the founding leagues, so they get more teams. Yes, and the number of teams that they get is determined by their league ranking of the Champions Hockey League over the last four years. Mm-hmm. Very quite complicated, but essentially, Sweden are currently deemed the best country. Then Switzerland, then Germany. Finland, Czech Republic, and then Austria, which is why Sweden get five, as do Switzerland. Germany and Finland get four, and the Czech Republic and Austria get three. I find it very interesting that Germany is ranked higher than Finland in those rankings. Obviously, they had a team go to the final recently, but like Finland have had a champion. They had, uh, you know, Javaskala managed to win it. So obviously, like it, it, I isn't it like over the last like two or three seasons that they do the rankings? It based is. On? It's, it's done over the last. It's done over the last four years. So Germany right. have two hundred seventeen points, and Finland have two hundred twelve. Oh wow, that's close um, then. It is, but obviously, what you've got to bear in mind is that yes, Finland, you know, have a, had a champion, but they it's really skewed because if Finland have a champion. But the other four teams all get knocked out in the group stage. Yeah. They get barely any points. Yeah, fair year. enough. Fair enough. And yeah. then, and so the points they got from four seasons ago are now only worth twenty five percent of those points. Right. So that your yeah, yeah. more recent, um, your more recent attributes are obviously worth more than what you did four years ago. Which absolutely makes sense. Like, there's a lot of stuff around the Champions Hockey League I really like the way that they they do it. Like, a lot of it you sit there and go, that makes sense. Like, it's, it's nice to see a league yeah. that you just look at and go, most of the stuff that they do makes sense and it's good. Well done. Yeah, I mean, you know? <laughs> Sweden... So the, the maximum number of points you could have over a four-year period is 250. Okay. Uh, Sweden currently have 249. Well, that's pretty close then. So, Not quite perfect. Come on, step up. Sweden. Yeah, they've been the best. <laughs> they've been the best ranked side for the last three years in a row, and we're only beaten by Switzerland four years ago. So, oh wow, yeah, Sweden. Sweden could uh, could you know could get the complete two hundred and fifty points. So, he obviously gets closer the further down you go when you get into the Challenger leagues. But when they only get one spot anyway, it makes no absolutely no difference whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. It, I think it would be really nice if I don't know if the Champions Hockey League do this. I'm not. I don't think they do, but you know, these challenger leagues, if they reach a certain amount of points, then 
they get like it's kind of like a promotion relegation system for the number of teams that like each country gets yeah. that would be really cool because because then it gives those challenger leagues a chance to go oh you're being consistently strong in our competition we will reward you by giving you another team so like for example if and this is a hypothetical situation but say austria like their next three seasons i know they're a founder league and that there's, there's a different thing around that but the austrian league they the next three years they completely nosedive all of their teams don't make it out of the group stage all finish like bottom of their group right but then say somebody like, I don't know, um, the United Kingdom, we could use the United Kingdom because they're the highest challenger league. So it's probably the best place to start. Uh, Belarus. Are. Oh, sorry, Belarus. Okay, we'll go We'll go Belarus then for the sake of the argument. Belarus, they have three consecutive seasons or four consecutive seasons where Unos Minsk or one of their other champions, they make it through to the second round of the playoffs every single year. Like, it would be really cool if they were like, okay, well, Austria, you lose a team because you've been consistently not good. But be- and reward Belarus with having another team. I think that would be a really cool way to do it. Maybe they'll I, think I about. I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, let's just take the last so nineteen the nineteen twenty season. Obviously, there was nothing this year, twenty twenty one. The nineteen twenty the nineteen twenty season, they they finished it up. Um, so Belarus got uh, had a ranking of seventy five points in that okay. one. So the way the league rankings work is they take the points per game. So they take the number of points you've got and the number of games you played and divide one by the other to give you the number of points per game. And then they rank the countries in by points per game. Okay. Right. So obviously if you have a team that goes to the final, you obviously get more points, Yeah. but you're playing more games. Mm -hmm. So if you had, let's take, for example, that Austria scenario Uh and they got, uh, they played what, 10 games in their, because there's, there's three teams. You had all the yeah. teams together. So say they played 12 games, but they got 12 points. Yeah. That's one point per game. Mm-hmm. Say Belarus, they only played six games in their group, but they finished with eight points. That would be like 1.2 points per game. So they'd rank higher than Austria for that season. Yeah, exactly. And then like I, I think if that's consistent over we'll take this four year span for example because obviously that's how they rank it so if if they after say three or four years they go okay well this is this has happened consistently every single year let's take a team away from austria because they're obviously not doing that well they kind of like drop down to say challenger league status and then belarus takes their place as kind of the next highest league and get more than one team take part obviously that obviously the champions hockey league has only been around for less than a decade at this point so you know like they're still very much in their early stages and still trying to figure out a lot of stuff and maybe that is something that happens in the future obviously at the moment especially with the pandemic and everything they're trying to establish like the foundation of what the league is and and, and no no obviously like the way they do it like i said a lot of it makes sense i'm just kind of spitballing ideas for the future that could be really cool (laughs) like like bringing in a promotion relegation system for for countries might be a really interesting idea and it keeps it competitive for those lower ranked teams obviously we're uk hockey fans here and we, we keep an eye on whichever of our teams make it through to the champions hockey league and we sit there and go you know if if our team makes it through to the final every single year obviously highly unlikely but you never know they make it through to the final every single year for th- like three years but because we're a challenger league we still only get one team take part like that doesn't really seem very fair when you know austria sweden even switzerland or something maybe all of their teams crash and burn in the group stage you know, mm. like, and but they still get that many teams because they're a foundling because they got there first. You know, it's just kind of like, it, yeah, it's I mean, interesting idea as well that 
don't forget as well that the Champions Hockey League, whether they're still planning it or not, but they're looking to reduce the number of teams in it. Oh, as that's well. a good point. Yeah, isn't it to like twenty-four? Um, they want to take it down to, from thirty-two to twenty-four. Yeah, and no country can have more than three teams. Um, so I mean that's six gone from the, from the highest place founding league straight away. So be interesting to see what they do about that. But yeah, so the draw is on Wednesday. Yes, it the group draw. At five o'clock. Yes, it starts at five o'clock our time GMT. Um, it's now also on Free Sports. I've just seen on Twitter. Oh, well. good. Okay, we can watch um, it from there then. You you can uh, you can watch it from there while we're we're obviously doing it live. We won't be able to show it. No, of course not. Um, but my maybe I'll make up some graphic or something because. You know what I'm like with graphics. Oh, you love a good graphic, Chris. <laughs> Maybe make up, make up, make up some graphics, and then share my screen with you, and then you can see me drag the teams into their groups or something like that. We'll, we'll figure some. <laughs> that could be fun. Let's do that. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll work on that then. So yes, we've got five pots this year because the Champions Hockey League still didn't get back to me about their seeding and their clarification. God, Champions their, Hockey League. Don't you know make... who he is? He's cr- he's <laughs> Chris doesn't... Bloody Gadsby. <laughs> <laughs> Still doesn't make sense to me, but I'll explain it here. So, pot five. No, there's there's going to be eight groups of four. Right. We'll clarify that. Start. So, uh, so, so b- b- before you start, I've got the article from the Champions Hockey League okay. up here. Uh, do you want me to just, uh, so the group stage rule procedure. So, to accommodate the needs of the national teams involved in the final Olympic qualification tournament, if you can obviously uh, lose some more information about, this. so I'm just reading off the website. So, and then you can talk okay. about all the pots. I just wanted to add this in just in case anybody was unsure because I don't quite understand it either. So, Chris is going to educate me as well. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of, um, so yeah, there's the national teams involved in final Olympic qualifications because they want to go through to the Winter Olympics. The CHL board has decided to slightly adapt the draw procedure for this year's group stage draw. So, as Chris said, eight teams from countries participating in the FOQ, Final Olympic Qualification, will be allocated into their own pot, pot number five, and drawn into two separate groups of four, which will not play their CHL games during the Final Olympic Qualification Tournament on the weekend of the 26th to the 29th of August. The other four, uh, the other 24 teams taking part in the league this year will be allocated into four pots drawn by the standard procedure into six groups of four. So, basically every year, all of the teams get put into this little kind of like lottery ball situation and then they're picked out and they're put into specific um, uh, pots or groups of four teams where they then play their group stage to then try and go through to the playoffs. And usually the way they do it, Chris, I think you said that it was slightly different this year, so I'll let you allude to that in a second. Usually with previous years in Champions Hockey League, they don't let two teams from the same country compete in the same group. So, Chris, I'm sorry to jump in there. Take it away. I've got the pots no, one to four fine. and the pot five thing here. So, talk us through it. Yep. So, pot five is being drawn first. They're doing it backwards. Um, so, pot five is being drawn first. And that involves, as you said, the three sides from the Ice Hockey League and the Challenger Leagues, France, Norway, Poland, Denmark, Ukraine, mm-hmm. which are countries that are taking part in final Olympic qualifying. Yeah. Now, um, there is still league protection this year, apart from in pot five, because they are being drawn into two groups of four with three teams from Austria. You can't have league protection. Yes. Now, what I'm finding interesting is mm-hmm. that they are me- the pot five is going to not clash with the um, final Olympic qualifying. Yes. End of all. However, however, Ukraine. HD Donbass are in pot five, but Ukraine aren't in final Olympic qualifying. Okay. Whereas 
Minsk from Belarus and Sondersjike from um, the Danish uh, league yep. are in the main pot and will have to contend with final Olympic qualifying. Okay. Don't quite understand it, I'll be honest. <laughs> Is it because if they took all of those teams out, then pots one to four would be unbalanced, perhaps? And it might overcomplicate things? Not really, because you'd think you'd just swap... Ukraine. I mean, it's never going to work because you've got two of them, but you think you'd just swap. If it was me, and this is going based off uh, elite prospects, only two of the players in the Belarusian squad going to the World Championships next week play in Belarus. Most of them are in the KHL. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So I can kind of understand why they don't need to be in there. Yeah, because obviously uh, Dinamo Minsk is in the KHL and that's where most of the top Belarusian talent go. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but... Ukraine aren't in final Olympic qualifying. So what I would have done is swap Ukraine with Sondersjike, the Continental Cup winners, mm-hmm. and then all your countries, but they're not doing that. Yeah, so- that, that sounds like it would make the most sense, especially because Ukraine isn't, like the whole 26th to the 29th of August doesn't apply to them because they're not in the, that yeah. final stage. So, But if but Denmark are, to- then yeah, yeah, that would make more sense. Uh, obviously, there is a reason as to why they've done it like this, maybe because... Because they've said well, teams the reason, from challenger leagues, whereas obviously Sondersjike isn't from a challenger league, is it? It's a Continental Cup winner. But the reason is, originally, when Slovakia was still in the Champions Hockey League, they are in final Olympic qualifying and they went in that pot five. Me- and so, then Slovakia yeah. went out and Ukraine went in and they just did a straight swap rather than moving Sondersjike yeah. into the pot five as well. Because that's what yeah. confused me is that Ukraine got put into that pot and then they didn't um you know they're not in final olympic qualifying but hey ho that's what the champions hockey league have decided to do yeah so pot five contains the ice hockey league teams so klagenfurt bolzano and rebel salzburg mm-hmm. they also contain ruan fris asker from norway yastrobi the rungstad city capitals and hc donbass you know what that's those two to, to be honest like those two groups are probably going to be some of the most competitive in the tournament this year especially because we're going to have like groups where two Swedish teams are going up against each other, or maybe even two Finnish teams or mm. two Swiss teams. Like obviously they they well to be fair they do have the league protection um with uh pots one to four so maybe not so much uh two teams from each country but you know we're gonna have a team like a Swedish team a Finnish team and a Swiss team going up against you know the Belarusian team or the UK team or. Saunders, yeah. Yes. So, like, it it does make it, yeah. It does. So, we want your guarantee. So, you're, it will be two teams from each group go into the knockout stage. Yeah. So, what that means this year is you're guaranteed to have a challenger league in the knockout stages. Well, because or, or, or it's, it, or it's, yeah, no, 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 yeah, because yeah, yeah, you're free, right. Yeah, yeah. Even if the free ice hockey leagues go through, you're going to have one of Ruan. Frisk Asker, Yastrobi, Rungstad or Donbass in the knockout stages. You know what? I think this could be a really good idea, like, moving forwards. Like, to have a, one of the challenger leagues essentially be guaranteed, like, one of the challenger leagues, regardless of where it's from, based on, like you said, based on this whole setup, there is going to be a team from either France, Ukraine, Norway, Poland or Denmark that makes it through to the Champions Hockey League playoffs. I like that idea. You know, it's kind of like... You could almost do with... The, the challenger leagues being in their own groups because there's eight challenger leagues well seven plus the continental cup winner and that way you'd end up with four challenger leagues getting through to the 
knockout stages. True, but then again, obviously, the the other argument could be made that, remember, when the Nottingham Panthers made it through to the, oh, yes. the playoffs, it kind yeah. of, if they're playing teams that are kind of similar level of competition, it kind of takes some of the magic out of that. So for those of you who don't know, a, bit. Um, a couple of years ago, it was, was it the 2017-18 season, I think? Uh, yes. Something like yeah. that. The Panthers um, got themselves, they won their group. Yeah, the Panthers won their group. They beat, the they beat Mountfield HK from the Czech Extraliga. They beat TPS mm-hmm. Turku from the Finnish league. And who was the other team they beat? Burn, wasn't it? Yeah, FC Burn from the Swiss National League. Now, those like those three teams, well, two of them are back in... Well, no, sorry, only Turku's back in the competition this year, but like they're all really good teams in Europe. So the fact that yeah. the Nottingham Panthers managed to beat... And I'm pretty sure they beat every single one of them at least once, right? I think they did, yes. I, I think, think so. I think it was Burn, they won both of the games. Um, and then the other two, they won one, like they went one, one and zero or something. But like that's a brilliant story for UK hockey. Like that was such mm. a huge deal over here. Like everybody, every hockey fan, regardless of whether they were a Panthers fan or another fan of a different team, they were rooting for the Panthers on that run. Obviously, they got absolutely obliterated by the the Zurich Lions in the first playoff round. Which I think you could make the argument with if you secure a one challenger team always makes it through to the playoffs, then they're probably going to be demolished in that first round. <laughs> but then again, yeah, that's that. What that's probably likely to happen, whether that challenger team makes it, like tops their group or not, or gets a playoff berth or not. At least you give them a chance to be like, okay, we have a chance for an underdog potentially every single year, which, which is quite a nice story, but obviously we're quite prone to supporting underdogs. Yes. So maybe that's something they go with in the future. It, it's very reminiscent of, you know, when the uh, NHL did their 1967 expansion and they guaranteed that an expansion team made it through to the finals every single year for the first, like, four or five years because of how they changed up the division. So, like, the Blues made it through to the finals having just, like, made it into the league two years in a row and they lost both times because they got destroyed by an original six team. Like, because then you have all the original six teams who are a similar level of competition fighting out during the regular season or during the playoffs. And then you have all the expansion teams that are of a similar level fighting out there. So that that is an idea that could be done. So all the challenger leagues and the Continental Cup winner go into their two separate groups. Then you have like inter-league play, like the Swiss, the Finnish, the Austrian, the German, the them go that would be a really good idea actually i I hope that's an idea that they potentially consider in the future um but regardless that's that (laughs) yeah so then what they're going to do is they're going to draw backwards pot four pot three pot two pot one so we only get the top seeds going in right at the end which i think is pretty cool Um, as the suspense it does a bit so what i'm going to do is i'll run through um the pots from one to four because that makes the most sense in terms of the the finishing positions in the league okay so these don't forget have league protection. So in pot one is all the top seeds. So you've got the Fulunda Indians as the reigning CHL champions Shock. and the first team from Switzerland, from Sweden. Yep. <laughs> um, they, are, they are like the top seed. And then you've got the, the winners of the five founding leagues, obviously yep. excluding the Austrian league. Everything I'm saying now is obviously excluding Austria. Yes. So... You've got the Vasco Lakers, Zug, the Berlin, uh, Luko, and um, Oslari Trinek from mm-hmm. the Czech Extra League. So they are all, pot one is basically all the national champions of the founding leagues in Fralunda. Which makes complete sense. Which makes complete sense. Pot two is the second place teams in all of the founding makes leagues. Makes sense. So you've got Rögler, Lugano, Adler Mannheim, IFK Helsinki, and Sparta Prague from the five founding leagues. And then the sixth team in pot two is the third place side 
from Sweden because Sweden is the highest ranked founding league. Yeah. Still following me? Yes, I'm still following you. I'm with you. Right. So then pot three is the third place side from the other four founding leagues. Not including Sweden. Not including Sweden because that their third place side went into pot two. Indeed. And then the third place side, sorry, then the fourth place side from the two highest founding leagues, i.e. Uh, AIK Skleftia from Sweden and uh, Lausanne from Switzerland. Okay. Yeah? Yep. Right. And then in pot four... Everybody else. You've got, <laughs> you've got the fourth placed side from the final two founding leagues. So you've got the Bremerhaven Penguins and Tapra Tampera mm-hmm. from the Liga. You've got the fifth place side from the Swiss founding league. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're the... Because of the SHL having Frölunda, only their top four got in yep. rather than the top five from Switzerland because obviously Frölunda takes one spot. Yep. Then you've got the Challenger Leagues of Minsk from Belarus, the Cardiff Devils Whee! and the Continental Cup winners of Sondersjajk. Okay, so that is all, that's so pots one to four and then pot five is everybody pots else. pots one to four. And then pot, well, pot five is that. Yes. Um, Olympic qualifying group that is going to get drawn first and yep. just isn't within the main draw. They're kind of their own separate means, entity. Yeah, you, what it say. means is that Cardiff will come up against a founding league champion, a founding league second place, and a founding league third place. Hey, Chris, Nottingham have done it once <laughs> before, you know? Well, they have. And, yes. and you know, Cardiff yeah. had a pretty good run last time round. Like they they obviously didn't win their group and they and they didn't go through to the playoffs. But remember, there was a point halfway through the group stage where they were sitting in first place of their group. So you know, like that is true. They, they might that be in, because I mean, Champions suppose, Hockey League is coming back. We might get some solid imports going to Cardiff. So you know, I, I think it's yeah, a pretty good run the, for them. The best case scenario, I suppose, is for uh, Cardiff to get drawn against Trinec, Lexans, and Lausanne. Yes, I, I would say so. Yeah, those are the lowest ranked because obviously there's league protection yeah you kind of need you want the third place side from sweden it would coming out of pop two which is lexans mm-hmm. which means you'd need the fourth place side from the swiss national league lausanne and then because then you can't have sweden or lausanne yep. uh, from pot one you're either going to have um berlin luco or trinec Berlin would be that's fun. The, that's the best case. That's but the best Berlin case versus scenario Cardiff would be pretty Cardiff fun, though. Yeah. So I, I, um, I feel like the so, DL is probably the most comparable to the Elite League out of all of those leagues. Obviously, the DL is still yeah. head and shoulders above, but kind of talking like as close to as possible, the DL will probably be the closest. I'd, I'd like to see a game between Berlin and Cardiff. That'd be fun. Yeah. And also, then working backwards, we shouldn't have league clashes until towards the end. Whereas if we went the other way, you'd end up with a league clash every time and keep shifting it and shifting it. Which is something that happens every single draw that they do. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the plan is that we'll we'll do one live next week. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll start, I think, at five because no doubt there'll be 15 minutes of talking before the draw actually starts. Oh, for sure. And we can sit around and have a chat. Yeah, we can sit around and have a chat. exactly. So I think that's the the plan. So five o'clock GM to us BST now, isn't it? Which is six o'clock on continental Europe. Yeah, and uh, it's also midday for anybody across the pond that might listen to this podcast. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty decent time for everybody involved. I'm just going to have to remember that I'm doing that. 
I, it's, it's one of those things I'll like, remind you because obviously worry. we sit down here and we record but like live streaming is like kind of different you know so um, you have to set it up a bit differently don't indeed you, you do so um yeah so that on that note that's pretty much everything we really need to uh talk about today i mean chris we managed to make it to an hour we said it was going to be a short one i know i was just wondering yeah we, we managed to make it to about 59 minutes an hour so um before we finish up i just want to say like chris we made it to the end of the domestic season in europe we did we've talked about it pretty much every single week since mm-hmm. late august i think we we did our first episode last week of august we really kicked off the show beginning of september and we've seen leagues postponed cancelled Elite series popping up, the DL turning up just before Christmas. We've seen uh, uh, postponements and the Liga going off for two weeks. We've talked about the World Championships practically every single week. We've had, well, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but as the domestic seasons wound up, I think uh, both us and the entire European hockey system deserves a bit of a round of applause because, you know, <laughs> all of the obstacles that they faced, they managed to fight through them. Only one league didn't manage to get to the end of their season. They had to like cut, shut it down straight off. Well, uh, shut it down kind of right in the midst. All of them kind of, all the other ones either had postponed games but managed to brush past it or they kind of readjusted their schedule to kind of accommodate the end of the season. And we obviously got the Elite the elite Series, which wasn't the most perfect elite uh, league season this year. But luckily yesterday we've had some news that they've got plans for next season. It should hopefully all be going back to normal. So that's really good to see. We just hope that the Glasgow clan have their arena to play and that would be really nice. Um, yes. But yeah. other than that, so well done, Europe. You did a good job. I know it was tough going, but we were here every step of the way watching you and telling you how wonderful you are for keeping going. So uh, <laughs> we've got a few more episodes to go in kind of se- mm-hmm. season one of the Europuck podcast. Obviously, Champions Hockey League next week. We've got World Championships to talk about. And yeah, in about a month's time, I'll be on the other side of the world. So we'll figure out where we're going from there. Yeah, so uh, on that note, I think it's a really good place to end today's episode of the Europuck podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, whether you're listening via the audio version, whether you're watching the video version via YouTube. We really appreciate you uh, taking a moment to check us out. Well, it's more than a moment. It's been an hour. Um, So if you want to keep updated (laughs) on all things Europuck podcast or send us your thoughts, opinions, or questions, either from today's show or for our live stream next week, you can uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Europuck Podcast. Go and give us a follow. We're pretty cool. And if you enjoyed listening to either or both of your hosts today, we really hope you did, because, you know, as I said, it's been an hour. Then you can follow myself on Twitter at OddmanRushYT or Chris at Chris underscore Gadsby. Thanks again for watching and or listening, guys, and we'll see you again next time. Have a good one, folks.